1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Hello, my name is Jake and Orton, and this is Peculiar, because church people are weird. It's Christmas, y'all. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's Christmas. I really like Christmas. And it's uh, the most wonderful time of the year, as the song goes. The most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, I'm not one of those guys who can just casually slip into singing. There's a reason that all of my um, independent endeavors... That I've went into have been after the manner of spoken or written word, not the singing of words. I do, however, like me a good song now and then, especially this time of year. I'm, I'm not the type of guy who just casually listens uh, to music all the time. Um, funny story, my personality type... Um, couple years back, Spotify did its whole um, recap, replay thing, Spotify wrapped for the end of the year, and um, someone, uh, I'm into Enneagram stuff sometimes, and they posted the different Enneagram types and what their Spotify wraps will say. Mine says... And it, it had your aura that one year. I think it was 2020, 2021, maybe. I'm not sure. Besides the point. And uh, it was like basing, oh, what your aura is going to look like. And um, um, they had the different colors and this and that. And uh, on mine, it says, um, podcasts don't have one. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty accurate. I spend most of my time listening to podcast. That's the reason that I, um, even though I've not updated one in a long time, have two podcasts. If all goes according to plan, I'm hopefully going to be start posting to the other one very soon. So keep your ears and eyes tuned for updates. Reality Speaks, my other podcast is coming back and it might be sooner than you think keep your eyes peeled but anyway uh christmas hence the hence the red hat on my head the the, the santa hat it's not a it's not a maca hat it's a santa hat for the audio listeners when i said red hat i did not mean anything trump related i meant santa Anyway, yeah, so we talked last week about um, the real story of Christmas, talked about Jesus, talked about what Christmas really means, and a little bit about good old jolly Saint Nick, about the real Santa, the real Saint Nick. And I said, this week we're going to try to do things a little more fun, hence the goofy hat, not my typical hats that I've... I, I wear hats a lot on this podcast, but um, 
Last time I I read about uh, Luke chapter 2, the famous story of Christmas in the Bible, the one most people think of when they think of Christmas. Um, and I, I kind of had this idea that I wanted to just kind of look at Christmas songs today uh, just to just for fun just to look at a popular old-fashioned Christmas songs so we're just gonna pull some stuff up and see where it ends up So we're just going to look at the kind of stuff that you you might just hear at at your church's Christmas service if you feel so inclined to go to a church Christmas service. And um we we have a few here that uh pop up. Um so we've uh, got one here. And it is called O Come All Ye Faithful. And that is the one that goes O Come All Ye Faithful, Joyful and Triumphant. O Come Ye, O Come Ye to Bethlehem. Bethlehem, of course, is the place where Jesus was born, it's where the story takes place. And um, the song is recounting. Uh, what was going on, that many people were called to show up and follow him and end up where he was. We have the story of the shepherds being told by the angels that there is born this night in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's uh, where that direction is going. Uh, and in fact, it even goes on and says, Oh, sing choirs of angels. Sing in exultation, which is an uh, interesting thing. If this is gonna mess with y'all's heads a little bit, if you look in the Bible and you read it, every translation, every version of the Christmas story, every time you hear that the angels came and they told the shepherds to come and see the king who was born in Bethlehem. It never says they sing. We have this image in our heads of angels that sing. In fact, one of our famous Christmas songs is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Glory to the newborn King, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies, where the angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. Um, the Bible never says that they sang. In fact, uh, if you look it up, the only time that you hear angels sing, you read in the book of Job that when the earth was made, the morning stars sang, and that's talking about the angels, when the earth was created. We hear in the book of Revelation that the angels sing around the throne, sing a new song to 
him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. They didn't sing to the shepherds. Don't know if that's going to mess with your picture or not, but... The ever-popular sing like an angel isn't actually all that common in the Bible. So, <laughs> uh, another thing the Bible never says that um, is a popular song is um, about the three wise men. I'm going to just keep messing with your heads today. We three kings of Orient are bearing gifts. We traverse afar. Field and fountain, morn mountain, following yonder star. Star of wonder, star of light, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding. Guide us to thy perfect light. That has some issues with it. See, here's the issue. Um, A lot of songs sound really nice, stir emotion inside of us, make us really excited, but there's one thing wrong with this particular spot in the Bible, Um, in in this particular song. um, Bible never says there were three of them. There are three gifts, frankincense to offer have I, myrrh's mine, it's a bitter perfume, and also, of course, uh, gold I bring to crown him again, king forever ceasing, never over us all thrain. Those are all in there. Yes, uh, all true, they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but the Bible never says there were three. Never says where they came from, just from the east. And uh, we don't know how far east. We don't know how close. Um, we we really don't know. Uh, so it's kind of hard to say Orient as well. We we just don't know. Uh, our Christmas songs are... They are what they are, you know? Um, but we we like to just sing them and not think about them sometimes. Uh, other... Christmas songs uh, that do they have it right? Do they have it wrong? Um, There is one that in my opinion um, it's my favorite Christmas song. And it simply and the reason why is because it It's the song that I feel like best represents what Christmas is really all about. Uh, It's from the perspective of, uh, of the people who lived in that day and age. It's, um... A little bit about the history, a dark and delicate carol with super confusing backstories. Um, it was originally written in Latin with the title of 
Vinny Vinny Emmanuel. The title and the words date back to 1710. The English translation came about in 1851 when a priest and scholar, Jason Mason, John Mason Neal's version, was featured in the pages of the Hymnal Noted, a key text in the history of hymns collected by hymnal documenter Thomas Helmore. And, um... Slight adaptations and verse translations have coalesced into the version. Most commonly sung today includes two extra verses. And here it is. O come, O come, Emmanuel, ransom captive Israel, that mourns in lowly, lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny, from depths of hell. Thy people save and give them victory o'er the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel will come to thee, O Israel. What I like about this song is that it could have been sung then so it doesn't mention the name of Jesus once it um, could just as easily be sung by someone in that modern day as we could sing it now uh, it's it's it truly captures what Christmas is answering. It's the question, not the answer. It's showing us the proper question to ask. Where is this Emmanuel? And of course, that's coming from uh, the prophecy where it says, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, being interpreted God with us. He was God coming into our midst. Uh, that one translation of John chapter 1 says that he moved into the neighborhood. Um, I, I heard someone put it this way, that it was Jehovah with feet. <laughs> he, he called him Jehovah with feet. God stepped into this world and gave us hope. I, I, I'm just going to go read that uh, that verse I just referenced. It's the book of John, chapter 1. And uh, I believe it's the New Living Translation puts it this way. In the beginning, the world already, the word already existed. The word is capitalized here, by the way, which means they're referring to God. But I didn't have to tell you that because the next sentence says, The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning. With God, God created everything through him. Nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. That is John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And he picks up, he talks for a minute about John the Baptist, who came to speak and prophesy and 
to say that Jesus was coming. In verse 10, it, go, it comes back to its little essay here. It says, he came into the world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word became human and moved into the neighborhood. I'm thinking of the message translation, I believe. Yes, the Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory. Like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Uh, K the um, ESV puts it this way. And it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And, of course, the King James, my uh, version that I tend to quote most often because this is the way I learned it. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. O come, O come, Emmanuel. And he did come. And that's the hope that we have, this hope of Christmas. Christmas. It's right here. It is upon us. So I just wanted to kind of mess with our minds a little bit and look at some of those Christmas songs. Um, and I think I may look at one more. This is a bit of a uh, just... This is just to be ornery, honestly. Ornery. That's, that's uh, kind of a southern word, I believe. Only. And this is just kind of mess around and do something that some people like to be controversial about on the internet every once in a while. I'm going to talk about one of my mom's favorite Christmas songs. Not one of the old-fashioned ones. Not We Three Kings. Not Go Tell It on the Mountain. Not one of those. This one is a bit more recent. Uh, written by a southern gospel singer um, by the name of Mark Lowry. It's called Mary Did You Know. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new. This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man? Did you know that your baby boy would calm the storm with his hand? 
Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. And he just proceeds to ask the question. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, about eleven times. Mary, did you know that the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again, the lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Lamb? Mary, did you know your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? The sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. Mary, did you know? It asks about five more times. So it's, it's, it's a different kind of flair. It's uh, less seeing directly about Jesus in the same kind of way that some of those other ones are. Um, it's, it's told from our modern perspective of looking back. Like I said mine, I like that picture of the Oklahoma Oklahoma Manual looking at what would they have been thinking at the time. This kind of does the same thing. Of... And it's something I've seen a ton of Christmas plays discuss. Talking from the point of view of them in that day. Of Mary and Joseph in that day. Of maybe even Elizabeth or... Any of the other characters in our Christmas tale. Even some of the lesser known ones. What was the shepherd thinking at the time? What was the... Magi thinking at the time what was Herod or whoever may have been thinking but the people most directly right there what were they really thinking in that moment I I remember in March 2020 the memes the posts the tweets going around okay we are living in a historic moment. I kind of think they were probably realizing that at the time. And if they weren't, then the many people showing up at the manger, the hunt for innocent lives that came when Herod found out there was a king that had been born. At some point, they probably had their thoughts of, okay, this is a historic moment. This is a life change." A life-changing moment. This moment is going to change the course of history. But in that moment when the angel came to Mary. And this is the meme I see going around Facebook about this song. Oh Mary did you know? And then it says oh yeah I know because Gabriel told me. Gabriel severely understated what was happening. Gabriel told her. I'm just going to go straight to it. I'm going to read what Gabriel told Mary. It's really understated. It's really not not the full picture. The angel said, Fear not, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called Son of the Highest. The Lord will give to him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. 
There, there are no mentions of anything mentioned in that song. No mentions of lame will leap. No mentions of the blind will see. No mentions of the dumb will speak. No, no mentions of death. No mentions of resurrection. No mentions of anything. It says save your people from your sins. And uh, she might have inferred a couple things here and there saying, okay, well, I know it takes death to sacrifice for sins. But the reaction we get to the cross, I don't think anyone really expected it. I think she realized, like we did in March of 2020, this is a historic moment. I, I am going to accept what God's doing in my life, and I will submit to him during this time. I will raise my son right. I will try to direct him towards that. And that's kind of what we see at the wedding at the Cana of Galilee when she says, son, uh, step out, do your thing. But she, I'm going to put it to this way, to Mr. Mark Lowry. I, I think she had an idea. But Gabriel severely undersold <laughs> this incident that was coming. He will be great is the understatement of all millennia. Son of the highest, it's a little bit better, but... It's severely underselling what those 33 years of Jesus' life were going to look like. It's severely underselling what those three years of ministry were going to look like. It's severely underselling what that last week between the triumphant entry and the resurrection were going to look like. And I, I dare say it's even underselling the 40 days between the ascension and uh, the, the 40 days between the resurrection and Pentecost those 10 days between the ascension and Pentecost it's severely underselling how much the world was going to change uh, there, were, there's, there was a little web series that a woman started doing um, a few months into the pandemic where she said, explaining the pandemic to my past self, and she kept on making a series of video multiple times over and saying, oh yeah, uh, more has happened in 2020 since I talked to you last, and so on and so forth. And I, I dare say, if we had seen in the beginning what that was going to look like, can you imagine how different we would have been? And on the other hand, if Mary had known from the beginning, if she had in that moment, if Gabriel had told her, uh, you're, you're going to conceive a child who will be the son of the Most High. You're going to watch him die. You're going to watch him be rejected. You're going to see all these things happen. But in the end, you're going to receive power from on high at Pentecost. You'll see him resurrected. You'll see the great things in the world will be forever changed. Would she have been willing to go through all the pain to get the glory that was coming? I know I promised a more fun episode this time around. And uh, in my opinion, this has been kind of fun. But uh, 
It's just some thoughts to think about. If you knew ahead of time everything you were going to have to go through to do God's will for your life, would you still be willing to do it? Just remember this. At the end of the song is the real kicker to what Mark Lowry put out in this wonderful tune. The sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. God himself has stepped into the world. And for that reason, everything you're going to go through, totally worth it. The Holy Ghost is going to come. You're going to be filled with the Spirit. In this whole story, everything, every goofy, crazy, messed up, weird, wild, and exciting thing that's going to happen is going to totally be worth it. The pain that you're feeling does not even compare to the joy that will come. And let me relate this to something beyond Christmas. This little thing you've got in your life right now, that little calling, that little something that God has placed in your hands, it's so much greater than anything you can possibly imagine starting here and now. And all this is coming from a guy in a goofy red Santa hat, I know, but it's still absolutely the truth of God's word. It's true. He knows the plans he has for you. And they're pretty great. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. I'll s I am going to see you guys again next week. One more time. Uh, before Christmas. I said I was going to maybe take a break. But I really want to give you the actual fun episode. Since this one kind of went a little heavier than I meant to. But yeah, I, I personally still think it was fun. So hope you did too. Hope you guys tune in next week. As we continue to talk. Still going to have a little more Christmas for you. And I think next week I talked about music. <clears throat> let's hit another piece of Christmas culture. And uh, let's talk Christmas movies next time. Could be fun. And I may even have a guest on. We'll see what happens. See you guys later. Goodbye.